Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHer Con is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. A lot of people get analysis paralysis and there's people that I've talked to that they're like, you know, I've been looking into real estate investing for two years and I just haven't found the right deal yet. A lot of times to those people, I just say, you just got to do a deal. Best ever listeners, we have launched bestevercauses.com. That's bestevercauses.com. We profile a nonprofit or a cause that is near and dear to our heart, get the word out about their cause, and also donate money towards their cause. If you'd like to, one, learn more about the causes that we're profiling, we do one a month. Then go to bestevercauses.com. And if you want to suggest a cause that we profile that is near and dear to your heart, then go to bestevercauses.com. And there's a little form at the bottom of the page where you can submit one and we'll check it out. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff with us today. Jennifer Beatles. How you doing, Jennifer? I'm doing great, Joe. Well, I'm glad to hear it and welcome to the show. A little bit about Jennifer. She has been a real estate investor since 2007, also a builder and a founder of Agents Invest. And in case you're wondering, Agents Invest is a referral service for real estate investors to connect with investment savvy real estate agents in markets across the country. She also has her GC license focuses on new construction, and owns a 17-unit rental portfolio based in Snohomish, Washington. And with that being said, Jennifer, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus? Absolutely. So my background, when I was 21 years old, I got my first house, and that really kind of catapulted me into real estate investing. I got hired on as an admin for a local builder developer and really just became totally immersed in the building development side. We did everything from bigger developments. We did some short plots, you know, four lot plots. We did single family houses, small multifamily, and then um, also kind of consulting projects for other builders. So I did that for two years. That was kind of the best and worst time to get in. That was 2007 to late 2009. And when I got started, everything was just booming. It was life was good. Everything was great. By 2009, everything was not so great. The banks were literally coming to us saying, hey, we're taking this 40 acres back. We don't know what it is. We don't know what we have. So kind of coming in at a really early age, I got a really good kind of you know, viewpoint of great market and the bad market. I took that opportunity and started what I kind of call the build to sell strategy. So I quit that company the day after I bought a house hack duplex and took friends and family and said, hey guys, 
it looks like there's blood on the streets, but I see a ton of opportunity out here. I kind of worked with some local builders that were losing their projects. And what I mean by losing their projects is literally they had permits in hand, foundations in the ground, and the banks took their loans. So I came in and helped them negotiate some short sales and kind of pulled some friends and family together. We purchased those projects, kind of finished them out, and just made a killing on the profit side. It was a great time to build because the costs were down. There was a lot of kind of available workers who were willing to get things done. So yeah, really kind of focused on that. That was my kind of starting strategy with real estate. I'd also gotten my real estate license about six months prior. So I was kind of doing a couple different things with that. I was taking the opportunity of some projects that we were able to acquire for a really fantastic price, able to acquire some listings as a real estate agent and doing that. And then able to kind of help friends and family make some really great investment opportunities, a great return on their investment while doing that. I have had to pivot as the market changed. So kind of took a lot of the profits that I was making on that side and turning that into passive income streams. So from build to sell, we kind of went into house flipping and then some buying rental properties. And we have had more units in the past. And my husband and I have been kind of taking the properties that just aren't cash flowing as much and going into other properties that'll just cash flow more. And then currently my focus, you know, kind of two things really, just getting into more new construction projects. We took about two years off in the building just because we were doing way too many things. We were doing building and flipping and I was helping other investors build and flip and buy rentals and we're buying houses at the courthouse steps and just doing a lot, a lot of things, a lot of different things. We were doing house hacking and live-in flips as well. So I finally kind of said, okay, let's, let's put a pause on the build to sell. And now we're getting more back in, more focused personally on the build to rent on that strategy and then also doing some out-of-state investing. How long have you been investing? 2007, right? So that's uh, about 11 years. There are a lot of professionals who want to do what you're doing and start as an admin or on the ground level of a company, but don't make the transition from an admin for two years to then you're working with local builders who are losing their projects, negotiating with banks on short sales and then finishing out their projects with your own crew and people that you hire and then bringing in investors along the way. What things did you do that you think might be unique if you were to look at it objectively that other people might not do? That's a really great question. I think for me, I get confidence in numbers. So I saw the opportunity in these projects. I think the numbers worked so well. I worked them sideways and backwards and said, gosh, okay, you know, if we can't sell these things, what could they rent for? So I think my ability to kind of see all angles with these projects and then confidently say, look, investors have worked the numbers sideways, backwards, and, and, and these different ways. Here's how I think this thing can work. So I think that that's one thing. And then I think the other thing is I'm pretty good about putting teams together. I know my strengths and I'm very aware of my weaknesses. So when I was now doing these projects on my own, not through the company that I had worked for, I went to the superintendent that they had laid off six months ago and called him up and said, hey, what are you doing? And he said, well, look, I'm about to go get a job at Home Depot because no one was hiring. They weren't looking for superintendents back in 2009. And I just said, look, I can't pay you as an employee. That's that's not really the business model I'm going after. But if you're willing to take a chance with me, 
get your GC license. You know how to build. He's built hundreds of houses a year. And I have investor capital. We can finish out some projects. And so he took a chance on me. So I think that was just the two things is having the confidence in yourself that you can do it and then assembling the right team to kind of make those things happen. What do you think are some characteristics that people look for in order to take a chance on someone? Well, I think confidence is really important. For me, I want to deal with confident people, but confident people that also will kind of explain the downsides, right? I think sometimes there's arrogance and there's confidence. (laughs) I think Mm -hmm. sometimes arrogance comes in where you think that you won't lose. There's no downside or there's no potential to lose. And so that I tend to steer clear from. But confidence is someone that can accurately explain the numbers, explain the business model, and then say how they've kind of covered any potential losses or where losses could be found and, and kind of their plan for mitigating that. I think that that's super important. So that was to me as I thought, okay, if I'm an investor in what I'm offering, what would be important to me? What would I need to know in order to take the next step? So yeah, I just kind of covered all bases really. And, and just that that's, that's how it worked. You had two years working as an admin, and then right after that, during the downturn, you were negotiating with banks and helping the local builders who were losing their projects negotiate with the banks to on short sales, to do short sales. How did you learn how to do that? I kind of learned as I was going through, but I also had a lot of people to lean on. So there were a lot of other agents that I had made contacts with that, you know, short sales were very new in 2009. It was kind of like, well, how do we deal with this? And prior to that, I also had some banking relationships. The banks would come to us and say, you know, they just really didn't know what they were foreclosing on or potentially doing deeds in Ruan. They just didn't know what stage of construction or stage of short plotting these projects were in. So I just kind of understood what the bankers were looking for. And the banks were under a lot of scrutiny too with the FDIC. I mean, so... It wasn't really that difficult of a conversation. Of course, I wanted to help the other builders out, trying to get them kind of in a situation where they wouldn't be left with a large note with a bank either. So I was kind of just really looking out for everyone. And to be honest, I didn't really know what I was doing. I just asked the right questions and really kind of thought, okay, how can I make this a win for everyone, not just me and my investors or just the builder? I mean, it was just really kind of trying to put everything together that made sense for everyone. You've got a 17-unit portfolio currently. What's that consist of? Small multifamily, so mostly two to four-unit properties. And then we're building another one right now, so that'll be 19 units with that one. But yeah, mostly I love bread and butter. is duplexes for me, duplexes, triplexes, fourplexes. And why are they the bread and butter for you? They're easy. Most of our properties have decent yards, and they're easy to rent. Our tenants stay a long time because they've got a nice yard. They don't have tenants above them or below them. A lot of times our duplexes, my probably favorite product is a duplex where the garages connect the units. So you've got some separation there, you know, maybe 20 feet or more. So for us, that's just easy. It's easy to finance. I'm very familiar with the debt to income ratios that we need and things like that. So for us, it's just easy. The tenants stay a long time. We also have, you know, half of our rentals are rented out through this program called Supported Living. So when I keep saying easy, what those tenants stay oftentimes 10 to 15 years, the rents are guaranteed, they come every month. There's a provider that provides care for these tenants. So we don't get involved in anything on that end. So yeah, for us, it's just easy. And everything we own kind of oddly is single story. So we don't have to deal with decks and two story, things like that. 
So yeah, for us, we maybe get one call every 45 days. We self-manage everything that are out of state and it's just easy, easy and profitable. The supported living program, how did you hear about it and why would other landlords, if you're looking at it objectively, not do that program? The way that I heard about it was I was looking at a property that was a triplex and it was listed actually as a group home, which is a totally different category of what this property is. So it was listed as a triplex, as a group home, got under contract because the price was just great and learned that it actually wasn't a group home, which requires licensing and certifications and things like that. And so, yeah, I just learned about the program. I asked a lot of questions. The tenants were all intellectually disabled, so there were disabilities there. And we loved it so much that we started acquiring more units specifically for them. The potential downsides, though, are that there's a little bit more wear and tear to the property. Sometimes the tenants, if they've got walkers or things like that, you know, you've got kind of some wall scuffs and things like that. Or on occasion, if they're having a, a bad day, something will happen to a wall or a door. And so we've got to kind of deal with them on that. I like the long term. We kind of go for hassle-free rentals and knowing that we're not going to have tenants turnover every year or things like that. No matter if rooms are vacant or whatever, we always get the rent. So there's a lot of positives, but like I said, the downside is there's a little bit more wear and tear. And why not have 100% of your rentals instead of half beyond supported living program? We're actually working towards that. This new duplex that we're building right now is going to be for the supported living program. Some of our rentals are in areas where they don't have a need for that because the providers also have to consider the staffing. So in some of our areas, they just don't have staff coverage. So that's really the only reason why we haven't converted those. And my hope would be that they would find staff in that area and kind of convert those throughout the years. Of the 17 that you've got, not including the duplex that's being constructed, how many are out of state and where are they? We just have the one duplex right now in Greenwood, Indiana, which is just outside of Indianapolis. So there's two units there. And you're in Washington State. So how the heck did you end up buying a duplex over in Greenwood? <laughs> Prices got pretty expensive here in the Seattle metro a couple of years ago. They kind of skyrocketed, which is great when you own properties. Not so good if you're looking to acquire more. So I kind of went about this. I guess, journey of investing out of state. I had been very pro Seattle market for a lot of different reasons and didn't really have a reason or desire to invest out of state. And a year went by and we hadn't bought anything yet. I said, okay, well, you know, really need to start looking. So yeah, I just started doing research. I was looking for areas that had population growth, low unemployment, low crime, good price to rent ratios. So I had identified a couple cities and then I went about building the team because I realized you could find the best deal in the best market in the world, but if you don't have the right team, then it could be a really terrible deal. So I just happened to kind of line up a good team there in Indianapolis, and they found me the exact product that's my favorite. They found me a Rambler duplex, three bed, two bath each side. I think it's like a 1,200 in some chain square feet, units connected by the garage. So I went for it, and I got a really great deal, a really what, good property. What was the purchase all-in price, and what's it rent for? The purchase price was $155,000. We did go ahead and renovate that. So we put about $19,000 into a renovation on that. It's currently renting for uh, $2,235. And then it's now valued, I think, at about $250,000. You mentioned earlier that what attracts people to take a chance on someone is confidence, but also not only 100% confidence, let's go full steam ahead, but also explaining the downside. So what's a deal that you've done that didn't work out? 
I had one early on when I was doing a lot of flips, I was buying at the courthouse steps. And what had happened is I had a lot of success really early on. And just to be honest, I started to get pretty confident in myself (laughs) and my abilities. So I had this discipline though, before every auction, I would set a number and I would say, if it sells for a dollar over this number, then that's okay. I'm stopping at this number. So this particular Friday, I actually had a, a couple of friends, agent friends that were coming to the auction to kind of see how it would go. And I'd set a number on a certain property. And because my friends were there and and I was kind of showing them how it goes, I found myself at a point where I had won a property, won the highest bid on a property. And I ended up being about $30,000 higher than my stock number. And sure enough, that was the only property that I've ever lost money on. I ended up losing about $19,000 on that flip. And it was a fantastic lesson. It was one, I was kind of showing off in a way to my friends of, of, you know, I really just wanted to win at the auction and kind of show them, okay, well, this is how it's done. This is how you do it. And there was a couple other things with every property. There was a couple of characteristics that I'd look for. You know, I would always look at the PUD meter, the power meter. And if the little tag was red, that meant that there's a safety issue and it was shut off due to that. If the tag was yellow, it was shut off due to non-payment. Green means it's on. And I don't like basement properties, but of course this property was basement. And I didn't check the power meter that day. And when I went back after buying it, I realized it was yellow, which meant the power is off. And it has a basement, which means that in Seattle area, there's likely a, a sub pump. And when there's no power and it's the rainy season, anyways, I got into the house and the basement had standing water and mold. So anyways, this property taught me a lot of lessons and I paid dearly for it. And I was in some ways kind of happy to pay that money because that was just a really good lesson in hey, stick to your numbers. Don't don't try to show off and stick to the checklist on these properties. What are some daily habits that you have? Daily habits. So I'm a big believer in you have to kind of take care of yourself, your mind, your body in order to kind of perform at the highest level. So for me, it's eating really healthy in the morning, kind of doing some morning routines. I've got a three-year-old making sure that she has some attention early in the morning before she goes where she goes. And those are kind of personal habits. And then I also, not so much daily, but every single week I review our investments and I look for opportunities to improve. I look for lessons to be learned. So kind of some of those things, a lot of just review and reflection. The eat really healthy. What do you eat? I do a lot of greens. So my morning smoothie is I've got this uh, Udo's oil, which is omega-3s and omega-6s. I do some protein powder. (laughs) We have a little garden at our house here. We live on an acre and a half in Snohomish. So I do my kale every morning in my smoothie, powdered grains, things like that. Just really starting the morning off with just a lot of nutrition. Because I talk on the phone a lot. (laughs) I look at deals all day long, so I've got to be really on it. How much of a focus is Agents Invest of yours? We haven't even talked about that. Yeah. So that is actually a newer focus. About two years ago, we had gotten to this place where our portfolio was paying out six figures every year. We were really happy with where things were. But I felt like I was missing something. And what I was missing was contribution. And prior to that, my husband and I didn't really openly share about our portfolio and what real estate investing had done for us. It was just kind of mostly with our investors. So I made the decision to be more focused on contribution. And and really what that turned into with that out-of-state deal that I bought is I said, gosh, you know, it was actually kind of difficult for me to put a team together out of state. I wonder how many other investors have experienced the same thing. 
of either wanting to invest outside of their local area, but maybe running into issues of putting teams together or just not finding good people. So, so I started teaching and sharing. So I do like a monthly meetup and really kind of my goal for Agents Invest is kind of to share strategies and help people learn about real estate investing. And then number two is connect them with vetted teams in different markets where they're going to achieve a high cash flow, they're going to get equity, and they're going to have the ability to connect with really great people to help them execute on their strategy. So I spend a good amount of time doing that as well. That's just my passion project. The weekend before last, I actually had done something totally new. We flew in about 21 investors into Oklahoma City. And I showed them around the city, met with a a team that I have there. And we just had a lot of fun. We did a lot of networking, kind of different activities. And then also looked at a lot of properties, you know, some small apartment complexes, and then a lot of two to four unit properties as well. So that's really my passion project company that, that I am super focused on. I probably don't acquire as many units as I could because I'm just really into helping other people get into deals. <laughs> so, you know, there's times where my husband is like, oh, we should have bought that one. But there's just something about helping other people you know, learn and grow and kind of build their own portfolios as well that I just love. How did you or maybe you didn't monetize Agents Invest? That was something, being a licensed real estate agent, I've been licensed since 2009. It's very common for what we call referrals, right? So, you know, someone, let's say in Seattle is moving to Texas. I would call up an agent friend in Texas and said, hey, I would like to refer you a client. So that's super common, happens all the time within kind of the regular business. But when we're talking about this investment side of things, it's a little different. So I took that same model and kind of my value add really for both sides. You know, again, I'm always looking for ways where everyone can win. So with these agent teams, I go to them and and really personally vet them. So I spend a couple of months making sure that these teams really know what they're doing and really can provide value and add good kind of connections for these investor clients that I'm referring. So we have a referral agreement and I just say, guys, you can do the right thing for me and my clients and I will make some referral connections for you guys. So yeah, we have a referral agreement and if that client purchases a property, then I'm compensated by the percentage of the commission. What questions do you ask to vet them? A lot of things related to just the basics. So how do you calculate cap rate? What tell me about how you calculate cash on cash return? A lot of times on the residential side, we're not talking IRR. So that's something that I don't typically get into with them. And then I just tell them to send me their deals. Tell me the best deal that they've seen recently. And again, this is all kind of focused buy and hold. So we're not necessarily focused on flips in these different areas. But if they really know what they're talking about, and a lot of them also own their own rental properties, then I just kind of go through the motions with them of looking at their deals, making sure that they've answered all the proper questions. And then also, if they can tell me what their areas of weakness are. So a lot of times I'll kind of coach with these agents too, and they'll say, hey, I'm really good at finding deals, but I'll be honest, the number crunching side is not my strength. And then I'll send them my spreadsheet and we'll kind of go through the numbers with them until they can accurately provide performance to these investors. So it's it's a lot of different things. It's kind of questions, but then also having them show me actual deals. Based on your experience, what's your best real estate investing advice ever? Best real estate investing advice ever? I think just getting started, um, a lot of people get analysis paralysis. And there's people that I've talked to that they're like, you know, I've been looking into real estate investing for two years and I just haven't found the right deal yet. A lot of times to those people, I just say, you just got to do a deal. 
And that might sound like kind of silly advice because, of course, we all want to do the best deal ever. But I think you learn so much even from that first deal. The first three deals that I did were not very good, but I had to get through those three to learn the investing strategy and criteria that I have now. So had I not just kind of failed forward in the beginning, then I might not be where I am today. So really just do a deal. We're going to do a lightning round. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Yep. All right, let's do it. First, a quick word from our Best Ever partners. Best Ever listeners, we have launched bestevercauses.com. That's bestevercauses.com. We profile a nonprofit or a cause that is near and dear to our heart, get the word out about their cause, and also donate money towards their cause. If you'd like to, one, learn more about the causes that we're profiling, we do one a month, then go to bestevercauses.com. And if you want to suggest a cause that we profile that is near and dear to your heart, then go to bestevercauses.com. And there's a little form at the bottom of the page where you can submit one and we'll check it out. Feeling lost on your roadmap to wealth? Tune in to the newly launched REI Foundation podcast where hosts Jason and Peely give you all the steps and missteps towards achieving your investing dreams. Featuring interviews from top industry professionals, Make sure you listen and subscribe to REI Foundation Podcast at thereifoundation.libson.com. Best ever, most recent book you've read? The most recent. Or something you've read recently? Gosh, I've probably read The 4-Hour Workweek like seven times. So I just reread it and reread it because I'm just always at a different place when I read it. And I always kind of get something new every time I read it. Best ever deal you've done that we have not discussed a lot of live and flips. So probably last one that we did purchased in 2011 at the courthouse steps, sight unseen, and then sold it four years later. All we had to do was paint. And we've netted about $275,000. And then of course, we've got the capital gain exemption on that. So it was great. What's a mistake you've made on a transaction that we haven't talked about already? I had a deal that had under contract for $25,000. It was commercial zone with a single family residence with a billboard in the front yard. And I'd gone out of town and the bank had needed one more signature for me to fully execute the contract. And I didn't see the email. So they gave it to someone else. And every time I drive by that, I get very <laughs> disappointed that I wasn't paying attention. Oh, man. And you said there's a billboard in front? Yep. Commercial zoned and a billboard. Oh, and a wow. family house for $25,000. <laughs> okay. We won't talk about that anymore. I can tell it still stings a little bit. <laughs> oh, oh, it Be- hurts. It hurts. Be- best ever way you like to give back. Just sharing my story and just meeting different people. I love it. I love sharing what's gone really well and I love sharing my mistakes. And best way the best ever listeners can get in touch with you? You can find me at agentsinvest.com is at the website. I also have a blog, reimillionaire.com. Kind of just some fun, funky stories about things that are going right, things that are going wrong. I've got some fun stories about my current new construction project that uh, is a great read. So, uh, so yeah, either way. Jennifer, thank you so much for being on the show. I learned a whole lot and you truly are inspirational with how you entered into the industry and were able to hit the ground running so quickly at a very, very challenging time in 2009. Whenever you left, you got that house hack duplex and then you quit your job the next day. That's a tough period in the economy. And instead of trying to swim upstream, you went with the current and you started helping local builders who were losing their projects and you negotiated short sales and then finished out those projects. And then also 
with that type of mindset, that's why I asked you how you can have others take a chance on you and not for you because you're past that point, but for the best ever listeners who are looking for someone to take a chance on them. And you said having the confidence, but also with that confidence, explain the downside. So have the full 360 picture in mind when you're talking to people. So thank you so much for sharing your story, your advice, and the projects that you're working on. Hope you have a best ever day, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Joe. Feeling lost on your roadmap to wealth? Tune in to the newly launched REI Foundation Podcast, where hosts Jason and Peely give you all the steps and missteps towards achieving your investing dreams. Featuring interviews from top industry professionals, make sure you listen and subscribe to REI Foundation Podcast at the REI foundation.libson.com.